0: Hello, and welcome to Progress Your Beer. My name's Garrett Allen, and I'm a professional brewer and an avid brewer at home. This is episode number seven, and today's topic is just going to be a topaz pale ale recipe that I uh, recently developed and brewed. So obviously this episode will be a slight departure from the normal technical content. I will do these periodically, maybe once a month. Uh, to break up the more technical side of things and have some more entertaining uh, but still informative content to help lighten up the show. And it will be and it will also be sort of a warm up or introduction into next week's episode where I interview a 2018 GABF gold medal winning brewer to discuss his method of recipe creation. So stay tuned for that. Uh, This episode will be on the recipe I made to display topaz hops, which are new to me, and discuss the results, how I liked the varietal, and what I may change for beers utilizing this hop in the future. And I think you could utilize this recipe because it is so simple, to do any type of experiment with a hop to get a good understanding of it. And with all this recipe talk, I think by now you've learned that I'm a person who will 9 times out of 10 put the right process over the right recipe when it comes to nailing beer and the different styles within. And and I still feel that way. Uh, If you want to get more information on brewing stellar examples of uh, New England IPA plus more knowledge in the future... Head on over to my new website, progressyourbeer.com, submit your name and email, and I'll send you three free videos that give you the in-depth knowledge you need to have to make exceptional examples of New England IPA, even at home. I chose Hazy IPA for this first series because it is one of the one style that comes immediately to mind as one of the more controversial, difficult, and really fun to brew styles of beer. I'll have videos on diving into your water and getting the chemistry right for the style and the amazing part is uh, the information in this video will help you not only with New England IPA but any beer style you're brewing. I'll also get into recipe development tips and some key things to consider when brewing Hazy IPA. If you want to start understanding water chemistry and uncovering some misconceptions about New England IPA, again, head on over to ProgressYourBeer.com, submit your name and the email you want my informational video sent to, and I'll start sending you some of the best information out there for brewing New England IPA. Now back to the Topaz. Topaz hops were originally bred in the mid 80s, and they were finally commercially grown um, by the late 90s by Hop Products Australia, or HPA. They were originally bred as a high-alpha bittering hop, and, and it has since been recognized as a nice flavor and aroma hop. Uh, and the descriptions have been very similar to something like Galaxy or Vic Secret. So that's what piqued my interest in acquiring some of these and experimenting with them. And again, I'm certainly an advocate of process before recipe, but recipes are obviously important and fun to create, brew, and experiment with. And I'm also a big advocate for using simple recipes to really dial in your process and getting to know ingredients a lot more. This recipe is a great example of one of those types and the ingredients can be changed around, substituted, and kept simple to brew interesting beer that isn't just a smash beer, or single malt and single hop beer. Um, I'm certainly not knocking those, they can be amazing, Um, but sometimes I just want something that might be just a little more interesting. So here's the full recipe. So for vitals, I went for an original gravity of 13.2 degrees Play-Doh, and I was also shooting for a final gravity of 4.5 degrees play-doh for an ABV of about 4.8%. The grist I used was 80% bohemian pilsner malt. And and I'm going to give you uh, percentages instead of actual numbers because your brew house efficiency is probably very different from mine. And I did try to brew extra volume of this beer so that I would get a full keg, and then also I wanted to do a little experiment with some bottle conditioning, and so I just made a little extra. So I'll give you percentages instead of actual weight. Um, So I used 80% Bohemian Pilsner malt, uh, which is from Wireman and I really like this Pilsner malt as a base because it is really nice and clean but still has a, a nice bready character that's a little sweet and a little crackery and then i added eight percent munich one malt which is also from wireman and i really like munich one that lower six love bond, uh bond kiln color because it it's fairly mild or it's relatively mild Versus something like a Bonlander Munich or Munich 2 and stuff like that. Um, And at these lower percentage levels, like 8%, I find that it really adds just a really nice depth of grain character and just a slight bit of toast that really goes well in a a hoppy setting. And then finally, I used 12% white wheat malt. Uh, I have that from Proximity. And... I added a lot of wheat malt to this recipe because I really like what the sweetness does to a lower ABV beer from the wheat and then also utilizing a high percentage uh, high protein percentage malt uh, is really going to bump up the mouthfeel is really going to uh, enhance the texture of, of the beer especially at this lower ABV And that's it for the grist. Super simple, super clean, and all-around tasty. And for the mash, I went with 156 degrees Fahrenheit single infusion mash. Um, That's also 69 degrees Celsius. Um, I used this higher temperature for lower ABV beers because that's what I really like to drink. And... You can certainly lower the mash temp and get a 5.5 plus percent ABV beer if you'd like. But for me personally, I like just bumping up that temperature to still have that nice flavor that you get from utilizing a standard amount of malt, but also getting a lower ABV. And as for the boil, um, I just did a 60 minute boil. Uh, I do this for consistency and brew house efficiency. I know a lot of people are reducing their boil times uh, just incrementally. I know a lot of people are doing raw beers as their hoppy beer methods, but I like the 60-minute boil because it, it increases my beer stability, and I'm not going to change it a whole lot because I've already dialed in my brew house efficiency and don't want to go through that again just to reduce my boil time. That might change. And as for hops, I used, you guessed it, topaz for the entire beer. And these were originally bred as a high alpha bittering hop. So they're pretty high in uh, alpha acid percentage. I think my bag that I got was 17.8 or something like that, percent alpha acids. So to be able to use the amount of hops i wanted to i just took that 60 minute addition uh, for bittering and moved it to 30 minutes even though i'm doing a 60 minute boil and so that came out to about 20 ibu and that 30 minute addition also adds some nice hop depth of flavor and to end the boil off i did 40 ibus of topaz hops at flame out or whirlpool uh, for some selected aroma compounds. Um, I let it sit or stand for about 30 minutes before I quickly chilled the wort and transferred as much clear wort as I could into my fermenter. For yeast, I used Omega Yeast Labs 009. This is called their West Coast Ale 2 strain. And this yeast is quickly becoming one of my favorite to use in hoppy beers. And of course, as it's becoming one of my favorite types of yeast, Omega Yeast Labs stops producing them in homebrew packs. So uh, you can substitute uh, with Y Yeast 1272, that's called the American Ale 2 strain, or you can get White Labs WLP051 California 5. These yeast strains should be pretty similar to the Omega's Yeast Labs, and and do a really good job. This yeast has become one of my favorites for hoppy styles of beer because it can either produce nice fruity esters uh, if you ferment it at 70 or 71 degrees Fahrenheit, or it can become clean with a nice citrus flavor if you ferment it at lower temperatures such as 60 or 61 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, And this yeast also produces a slight tartness Uh, That's in the descriptor in a few of these uh, yeast manufacturers and I do really get that and I love that for hoppy styles of beer, especially ones that I'm going to dry hop. And speaking of dry hop, I did a dry hop in this beer. I know pale ales don't normally get dry hopped, but this was an experimental brew where I wanted to see the full spectrum of what Topaz hops would bring. So I did a 3-ounce dry hop post-fermentation, and you can get the same results by just adding those hops close to the tail end of fermentation if you need to avoid oxygen. I let the dry hops sit for a couple days before I cold crashed um, for another few days and then packaged into a keg and then also those experimental bottle-conditioned bombers that I wanted to test out. So I'm going to do a review of this beer, and be nice, this is my first ever beer quote-unquote review. So the appearance, it's quite nice. It's got a soft haze, um, a shade lighter than orange juice, I would say, Um, just a bit yellower, um, if that makes any sense. It's definitely not as dark as a normal hazy IPA would look. It almost looks like a wit beer. And it's got a thin, persistent white head with really small, tight bubbles. Again, it is a very attractive beer. And then on the nose, it's it's got some tropical fruit, um, mostly mango. Uh, and, and then I'm also picking up a, a good amount of pineapple and and some coconut, maybe. The, uh, the yeast manufacturer, when I go back, um, they mentioned that this yeast can throw off some nuttier compounds uh, when you ferment at elevated temperatures like 70 or 71. And I did that uh, to push those fruity esters, but it also pushed a, a little bit of nuttiness. And I actually really like that in this beer. Uh, that nuttiness comes across almost coconutty uh, when it's paired along with those tropical fruits and I I find that just really fascinating and delightful. I also get a slight spice. It's almost like a a baking spice, something like a cinnamon or or a warming spice like that, along with some slight pine. And flavor-wise, I mean, this beer is just really complex, especially given it's ABV. This beer changes every time I have a pint, and even changes throughout the pint. It can go from tropical fruits um, with some sweets, grapefruit, citrus, uh, to some nutty and spicy like cinnamon or clove throughout the drink. And then when it's colder, I get some extremely floral notes. Overall, I think this is an exceptional beer. So would I brew it again? That is an emphatic yes. I would certainly do this recipe again with Topaz hops and then even with different hops to really explore. Some things I would do differently with this beer. I would want to try Topaz hops again with a higher gravity wort. HPA mentions in their briefing on this hop that higher gravity brews tend to bring out more uh, volatile aromatics like passion fruit and uh, lychee that are going to come from those uh, nice desirable thiols. So I'm definitely interested in trying that out. And for this hop, I'd add some more tropical fruits and citrus. So, pair it with some galaxy or citra. Otherwise, this is a a fantastic and really interesting beer and hop. I would certainly brew another Topaz single hop beer again. So there you go. I really dig this recipe and I think you should try it out. And I'd also love feedback if you've brewed a beer with this hop And what you thought about it. Or if you've had a commercial beer that featured this hop. What your thoughts or impressions were. And your ideas on pairings or beers this hop would go really well in. Send that feedback to progressyourbeer at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And finally I have some exciting content on several different platforms. And one of those is Instagram. So if you want to follow for some uh, videos of quick tips and just kind of fun stuff in general about brewing, uh, follow me on Instagram. The handle is (laughs) surprise surprise, progress your beer. And if you like this content and find the information entertaining or useful in any way, uh, give that five star review on your platform of choice and be sure to tune in next week where I have that interview with Trevor Lovato, um, the brewer who writes all the recipes for the brewery I work at, Ska Brewing. And... He's the one who makes and develops all of our new recipes, and he's extremely talented at it. And we sit down and discuss how he got into the brewing industry and what he keeps in mind when he is developing new recipes for new styles of beer. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next week. Cheers.